We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Presented by Under Armour, welcome to Lightyears. Uh, Sam Spandiari here. Quick house notes for everyone. We will be back Wednesday night and Thursday night with our normal post-game shows when the Warriors resume uh, playing basketball. Obviously, they're in the midst of a unplanned nine-day break between games. Um, and to discuss Dayan Milovic's, um legacy and uh, just generally about his history in basketball. I've, I've called on a friend, uh, journalist from Serbia, Milos Jovanovic. Uh, Milos, how are you doing? Sam, thank you for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. You were the one to bring me in when Dan was coming into the league. And <laughs> now we're here to discuss the legacy and the, the tribute, make a small tribute to him, what kind of a person and a player he was and a coach, of course. So... Um, it it was shot. Everything around this is shocking. He was incredibly young. Um, we've discussed it. It's tragic. He has small kids. Uh, it's uh, it's it's hard to think about. It's something you'd never wish upon anyone. Um, uh, and and since then, you know, I've been I've been talking with you because I I generally feel uh, Warrior fans don't really know him in the context of who he was to the game of basketball. Uh, for us, he was an assistant coach. Uh, always had a huge smile on his face, was always rebounding with Looney and, and Daria Saric. Um, and, you know, assistant coaches don't really speak publicly in general, so there wasn't a huge opportunity to know him the way, you know, we might know Steve Kerr or, you know, some of these other head coaches. So I'm hoping to kind of have that conversation with you. And I kind of uh, wanted to start with, you know, we saw the tribute at the – partisan mega game uh, was that monday night or sunday yeah it was um, i think it was a monday night we've obviously seen clips of how it's um you know he's being mourned uh in serbia and i i guess if you could just start with background how big of a figure was he in sports in serbia in general well it was quite something it's hard to it's hard to explain because I've seen him start. I've, I've seen him begin his career as a player. And uh, th- this was the era when former Yugoslavia 
which is now Serbia, of course, but back then it was a state union of Serbia and Montenegro, was uh, living the glory period. We were back-to-back -back European champions. We were world champions. We played the dream team in Atlanta, won silver. And... Um, 96, yeah. Yeah, 96. And um, that team was loaded with players who were extremely talented in the game of basketball, like Vlade Divac, Jarko Paspal, who used to play for San Antonio Spurs, Sasha Djordjevic, who used to play for Portland Trailblazers briefly, Sasha Danilovic of the Miami Heat, and mm -hmm. Dallas Mavericks later on. And that, that team was... So to break into that team, you had to be really, really something. And um, Milovic, as a player, he wasn't the flashiest kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He wasn't maybe the most... You know, in pure basketball terms, maybe not the most talented kind of guy, but man, he was the hardest worker we have seen. And he was he was an undersized power forward. He would probably play center these days. But he was an undersized power forward. He was something like he was listed at six six. I think reality was six four, six five, something like Barkley. They they called him the yeah. Serbian Barkley. You you heard that quite a bit. And you know what? What he couldn't make up with uh, with his jump shot, which was uh, at the beginning inadequate. He built it up later, and he was a very good free throw shooter throughout his career. Very decent for that position. Uh, he made it up in sheer hustle. That I mean, back in the day, that the European basketball was very um, conventionally built. You know, you had one point guard, you had two wing players, and you had two centers. Lines, yeah. That that that's how it worked in the nineties. And Milojevic, being six foot four, five, or whatever wasn't really profiled as a center or a power forward position in, in the past. So they started playing him as a small forward, which he was not really adequately skilled for. But his attitude was something like, okay, whatever. I'm playing small forward, they're fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the best small forward I can. And he would just go straight into you know clinches with the bigger and taller players and he would you know tear them apart. The 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 hustle the hustle that she was uh, bringing in was real, really, truly the underdog's hustle. You know, the guy, the guy who was probably told at some point of his career that you know uh, maybe you're not good enough for this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if he was actually told that, but he carried that with himself well into the era where he became a household name. So he played for a. FMP, which is a club from uh, outskirts of Belgrade. Then he he built his name there. He played for Beowog before, which was known for good youth ranks. And he scored, I think that there was a standing record, he scored something like 150 points in a under 16s game or something like that. And uh, that's 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 actually happened. <laughs> so um <laughs> and uh, th then he had a big money transfer to Budućnost, which is a club from Podgorica, Montenegro, which was a really big club at the time. They had a lot of money and they would buy up all the good players and he was one of them. And uh, even then, then he switched back to, to Partizan Belgrade in 2004 and that's where he's most fondly remembered as a player. But regardless of, of his career and regardless of uh, the progression, he also played for the national team in 2001, won the Eurobasket. Sadly, he was injured before 2002, and uh, he couldn't win the world's gold in Indianapolis. But uh, regardless of the of the um, of the stature which he gained in those years, which which went on, he was always approaching the game 100%. And uh, he gave it his all. He gave his absolute all. And uh, you know. I, I don't remember a single game where Dan Miller, which was out-hustled, out-rebounded, 
outplayed in any in any kind of way. He was just so physical, so intense, in the in the best possible. If I tell you he destroyed people on the basketball court, I mean it is the most positive compliment which I could make up because the grit, the tenacity which he brought to the basketball court was simply he, he looked like a, a hurricane <laughs> on hardwood. And you could you could you could you know Warriors fans who are interested in it could go to find his YouTube clips about yeah. he holds a couple of records for the you know in Europe we have this called the we have the stats called index rating, which is you know kind of like you add up a bunch of things and you know the good ones add up the bad ones subtract. Sure. And um, uh, the thing is um, he he holds the records for the Adriatic League for the biggest index rating. He has the second best index rating in the history of EuroLeague. He was back to back to back MVP of the Adriatic competition and they are likely renaming it in his honor. I think that motion was suggested by plenty of people on the night of his passing and um, it has already gained traction and the league has taken attention. So it will likely be renamed after him, starting from maybe this season even. Uh, so he was just, you know, oh, he, he was too hot to handle for for many but um, in the day since his passing you know when when somebody of such standing in any kind of profession passes away untimely sure. especially like he did a lot of stories surface up um, from the people who knew him and i haven't heard that you know even well, while he was still with us, I haven't heard a single bad thing about him. I never met him personally. Plenty of people I know were very close. And I never heard the bad story. I never heard a bad word. And now, after his passing, some people have started relating some more intimate stories, more 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 personal stories. Uh, an ex-teammate um, who wanted to buy a flat turned to him, and he says, we weren't really all that super close. You know, we knew each other, we played together, and he, he he caught wind of the situation and I'm buying a flat. So he's like, how much do you need? Something like 30 grand. And he said like, you know, return this when you have the time, when you have the possibilities. 30 grand is not a small amount of money back in, no. you know, 15, 20 years ago. And the guy wants to pay him with interest and Dan just told him, no, screw that. You're not paying an interest, we're friends, you know. Uh, Numerous stories about his former players who Dan used to call up and said, do not give up. I trust I trust you. I still believe in you. I coach you. I know what you're capable of. Uh, you can do this. Don't retire. Don't drift away. Don't uh, yeah. Don't hate. Don't start hating basketball. Just, just a lot of such stories have cropped up. And that just gives you a... Yeah. No, it, it it paints a picture of a, a great man. Yeah. Um, when you describe him as a player, I feel like yeah. it's not always the case, but the best coaches are usually players who were not particularly mm. talented. Like they weren't physically blessed with, uh, you know, being yeah. seven feet tall or having a perfect jump shot. They're players who had to work yeah. very hard and and think through the ways in which they made the game. And so um, I guess it's not a surprise. He's, But I feel like in some ways he's more revered as a coach or more known as for his coaching, at least to Americans, obviously. Oh, given for, sure, his, for sure. Given who his protégés were. Um, and so I, I guess my question, 
what made him such a good coach all those years. I mean, Jokic uh, is obviously his most famous student, but like 11, 12 players he coached to the, uh, to the yeah. NBA. Zubac is a well, great to player. The, to know. the NBA draft, I think. Not all of them made it to the NBA proper, but yeah, to the, to the draft positions sure. at least. Yeah, Zubac is there. Uh, Timothy Luau is there. Yeah. Um, Boban Marjanovic is another of his protégés. Basically, if you revived his career at a certain point when he was floundering, uh, back in Mega, Jokic, of course, the most famous one, so to speak. Sure. Uh, I think uh, I think people just appreciate. He was very friendly with the players. There was still a line in the sand, so to speak, and mm-hmm. from people, from what I heard, he could be, you know, he he had that bit of Bob Knight in him, occasionally, <laughs> but he he was he was very friendly with the players and he could relate having gone through whole paths that he mm-hmm. has went and uh, i think uh, i think that was uh, that was definitely one strong part the second thing which which i think really played a big part and this is where i also feel rubbed off very well with the warriors and and mm-hmm. the players he was uh, close with is that the the testimonies of his teammates are that he was a beast in practice yeah, um, it's. Uh, I've I've spoken I've spoken a lot to a guy who's very close to him, who was very close to him when they played for Partizan, and they said they had drills. Uh, they would match, you know, centers with centers, power forwards, power forwards, guards with guards, and they had a drill to finish the practice where you had to defend a single possession against the player who we matched up against. And he's the guy told me like I didn't had a look. I haven't had a look at the basket for a week because I couldn't defend that one possession. He was never giving it to me. He was doing it for my best good, he said, because I'm not gonna let there's no there is no free lunch in a practice against Dan Milovic. And I just remember the the face of that guy saying, whole team has lined up, everybody's finished the drill. The coach is like, you know, like, you know, it's time to go home. But he's not letting him go home. He's not gonna let him defend that one possession. So it, it would over they would overrun practices for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, but um I felt that that intensity was something maybe a bit strange because here, over here, what we hear is like practice, you know, the whole Allen Iverson rant and everything about what kind of treatment practice has in American basketball. In European basketball, practice is something sacred, especially to coaches. And that's where they feel they're making the biggest difference in the lives of the players. So I think for Warriors players, it was something new. Definitely for Kevon Looney and for Wiseman, who was originally, I think, uh, projected to be one of the guys Milovich works with. And I think Looney is his maybe best student uh, when we're talking about the Warriors, because I really felt when I when, when Looney exploded in the uh, 2022 playoffs, when he was like flying and grabbing boards and everything, just crushing right. the boards. And I felt like I, I was looking at that, yeah, this is Milovich. That, that's his work. Because only a person who who practices so hard, uh, I felt like uh, I was pretty sure he was rebounding it with him all the time. And Looney, that's Looney, is, Looney uh, as you imagine, has spoken very highly of the impact he made on him uh, rebounding, and this is before uh, the tragic passing. You know, um, yeah. and, and it's so noticeable because Looney was, you know, he's he's kind of a marginal player. He had um, a bunch of hip issues, which really robbed mm-hmm. him of his athleticism. Uh, and so he kind of had to figure out how to reinvent himself to be useful once he wasn't, uh, you know, an athlete who could get his head above the rim and do those sort of things. And he went from like 
an okay rebounder. Like he was kind of uh, sneaky getting a bunch of rebounds here and there to maybe the best offensive rebounder in the league. <laughs> yeah. Under, he went under his yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the Sacramento Kings playoff series last year is probably the defining moment to date, but he, they decided to take Draymond off the court, which they never do. They said, we can only play one big because the mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings space us out. It's kind of a one big and four perimeter player type of series. Uh, and, he's just better against Sabonis than Draymond, which is impossible to have thought of a year prior to that or really any time in the last decade. But it was the correct decision. And, you know, in that series, he had three different games of 20-plus rebounds. He, yeah. Sabonis is – I know Warrior fans don't like him, but Sabonis is a very talented player, and he made him look uh, – Ordinary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, the Kings were probably counting on winning that matchup, uh, and they didn't. He got outplayed by Looney, even if he scored more than him. Undoubtedly, that was, uh, you know, uh, kind of speaks to coaching. And, you know, not everything's about what you can do with the ball in your hands and scoring. Yeah, no, definitely. The, the sense of positioning is something which I think he firmly implanted in the Warriors' mm-hmm. bigs. The, for, yeah. for, considering the fact he was an undersized point for uh, power forward, excuse me. So he probably knew that art best. You know, and it's funny now that you're mentioning it, I'm thinking about it, but the Warriors are small. No one would deny that. That's kind of, you know, it was a good thing. Currently, it's probably not such a good thing because they look a little small and slow at all times. They still, you would think a small team has rebounding issues. They don't. They rank <laughs> yeah. They rank um, among the better teams at rebounding the ball. This year, they're they're still in the top half of the league. You know, not the best, but I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't expect a team with that many small players to be the best rebounding team. They, but they hold their own on that end, uh, and yeah. they're actually the third best offensive rebounding team in the league, which is shocking. Uh, and I think all that's kind of, uh, you know, there's more to kind of a coach's impact than just like play they drop out of uh out of timeout like there's a lot of different ways to impact a game uh no sure that's clearly decky's influence on the warriors because maybe that's why they think they can play as small as they do because the they they know they can get the rebounds even when they're doing it i don't know i'm just thinking out loud at this point i wanted to ask you um uh, in a broader sense uh what do you see as his biggest influences on the game of basketball? It could be in Serbia, in Eastern Europe, or it could be in the, you know, globally with the NBA or anything. Like what do you, when you think of his influence on the game, what do you think of? That's a good question. I would say that uh, the effect would be twofold. Um, Serbians probably, or at least of my age, uh, remember him more as a player. And I think, uh, uh, well, I, I think if you watch Dan Milovic play basketball, you would feel embarrassed to quit at anything. Uh, doesn't matter if it's your morning run or if it's uh, you know a twenty-mile walk which you put down for yourself or for Sunday or any kind of activity which you want to do. I think uh, you want to ask yourself, would I embarrass him? Because he went so hard. He he went so hard. And uh, you could almost imagine him like look at you and say, "Nah, nah, keep going." That's that's what you want to do, especially if you were a partisan fan. He he made such a great impact, and partisan is a club which had a lot of great players. Yeah, uh, seriously. But he made a massive impact because we 
appreciate good basketball, of course, and we, we appreciate the artists, but uh, the people who get to the fans' hearts quickest are the people who are going to crash their head into the commercials and of course. Uh, and adverts and everything like that. And, you know, uh, people who have blatant disregard of their own health at the expense of the team's well-being. And Milovic was one of those, but he was also the guy who could fill it up you know, you would just isolate him in the post and just, you know, you could run back to defense and he would he would do his thing. And for the Americans, I think he will be connected with the ring uh, winning side in 2022 is the guy who, who made a difference, who gave them a bit of a toughness, a bit of a gritty edge, which mm-hmm. maybe was lacking in the in the years which uh, where Warriors kind of left their mantle for... For other right. teams, there, there was a bit of a gap between the, the last two titles, of course. And maybe we are overestimating it as Serbians, but I, I always like to say um, it's one thing going to the NBA as a as a foreigner, as a player. Sure. I mean, that's fairly universal. But going to the United States, going to the NBA, the, the best competition in the world, undisputedly, and uh, coaching Americans at the sport which they invented that they're best at, that's a sp- special kind of privilege which only few earn in the game of basketball uh, he was the only second assistant coach from from serbia to win a ring igor kokoshkov won it as assistant coach for detroit pistons in 2003 or 4 whatever it was and uh, we had two head coaches we had assistants with um, uh, with titles won so i think we can all as serbians we can all feel very proud of his achievements uh, as a coach as well because as i say you know playing is one thing and that's all fine but getting actually a coaching job in the league as a foreigner is uh, is quite a quite a big thing for us and the fact that all the warrior staff spoke so highly about the players uh, steve kerr mm-hmm. always hit a steve kerr always had a kind word for him yeah. which i really appreciate because you know we grew up watching Jordan Bulls and Steve Curry is this guy who hits sure. his big shot. And uh, somebody of that stature, that gravity, the guy who wants so many things as a player and as a coach is so well respected to hear him speak. And you, you could see it. He was honest. It was not just a ploy, something like say something nice about your assistants and, you know, stick the mic. And uh, it felt from the heart whenever yeah. I heard Steve speak about, uh, about Dan. And to me, to me and the people who follow basketball here, I think it meant a lot. Definitely. And and I think with him, I mean, obviously the Raptors uh, head coach Darko, uh, yeah. also Serbian. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see, you know, more, more and more um, Serbian and just general Eastern European coaches coming over to the NBA. Uh, in general, it feels like while the NBA is its own style of basketball and it is different than uh, FIBA and, and, and EuroLeague, uh, you're seeing more and more influence of of European basketball uh, in the NBA um, just with, you know, uh, the way they space the floor, um, yeah. the, the prioritization on movement and shooting. I mean, the Warriors obviously go without saying Steve Kerr will be the first to tell you a lot of the stuff he took was borrowed from, you know, European teams and kind of adapting it that way. Um, and I do think that's another lasting legacy of his, just a continuing to show that, you know, it's, uh, this is an option too. If you're if you're a good coach, you know you can come over to the NBA and 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 make a make it make for yourself yeah. here too. So yeah, true. Yeah, um, War- Warriors were historically always very open towards uh, 
foreign players uh, ever since Don Nelson came aboard. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Danilovic was a Warriors draft pick. He ended mm -hmm. up being traded to Miami in the end, but Don Nelson wanted him over badly. Uh, there was Shrurus Marcellonis. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, there was uh, a bunch of other international players who tried and did good for the Warriors. So uh, for him to make a legacy at the at, at the club, which was so open towards, you know, something which I like to I, I like to say that the whole today's NBA was the vision of Don Nelson. Don Nelson was so <laughs> so ahead of his time, and yeah. I, I think he's probably very happy now watching the game because it's as he was it is, imagining um, it. I talk about it because, like, I grew up going to yeah. Don Nelson era Warriors games. The first games I went to was the Chris Mullen, uh, Tim Hardaway, Shrews Marshallos on that team. Like, I was like, you know, yeah, or so eight or something like that. Um, and then, of course, Nelly came back later uh, with the We Believe team. But yeah. it's it's like the uh, the dynasty run which they had the last decade. It's uh, it is kind of all in his image in some ways. Yeah, it's like all the things he believed. That everyone said came true. Win. You can't yeah. you can't win shooting threes. You can't win running and doing all that stuff. Well, you can if you have the right players. So exactly. And he never he never had the full team. He always had like bit parts, and but he never had a big no, man. True. So true. I, I mean, uh, if you just imagine the fact that Chris Webber got ran out of Golden State. I mean, he ran himself out of Golden State oh, yeah. because he was sick of playing center. I mean, he would be playing center exclusively today. He would be very good yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Nelly was right. He just, you know, 20, was 20 right. year olds don't know what they don't know, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and it was yeah. it was a different era. And yeah, to your point, uh, uh, Dan would probably be a center in today's NBA. I mean, a lot exactly. of the things the Warriors have done with Draymond Green over the last decade, uh, even if he wasn't involved with it, it's it's it seems like it's been influenced by him in some way. Or yeah. Another, using like a, I mean, Draymond's. Six six, maybe you know, generously, yeah, right? Maybe. But, <laughs> yeah, or makes up for it in a myriad of other ways. So, I'm really curious to see, um, not to pivot this, but uh, where the Warriors even go from here, you know, because it's it's, it's uh, a hard spot for them. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one thing. You know, we're we're all frustrated with the way the season has gone, but uh, that's just sport. Like it's not it's not life, right? Now yeah. they have to confront a very tragic incident that you know we know most of the team was present for too. That in, but, unfolded in front of them pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it was a team dinner in a city where there's not much to do, so the, it was a well attended team dinner from everything that's been reported. I don't I don't know. I know Wednesday nights when they play Atlanta, it'll be a very emotionally charged pregame. Um, and hopefully they, you know, uh, what did Steve Kerr say? He said, you know, uh, what would uh, Dan have said to us? He'd say, go win the game and honor me that way or something to that Most effect. So, so hopefully, hopefully they can do that. And, you know, hopefully to our listeners listening to this, this gave you a little insight into kind of one of the bigger legends of the game that maybe NBA fans aren't as aware of. Uh, Milos, I really appreciate you hopping on. Anytime, sir.